Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Friday MLB DFS strategy show right here at awesome.com as always on Friday. It's me and Greg here. Greg, uh, how, how you doing this Friday morning, man? Pretty good. And already I, I, this is the last Friday of the season. I don't really know what, what our schedule is going to be for the playoffs, but this went really quick. We were talking about it beforehand. I said, you know, I've been doing the Wednesday early bird podcast with EMAC. We wrapped up because this is the last one of the year. We did, we did like seven or eight of them and that was the entire season. So definitely went quick. I kind of liked it though. Yeah, I know. It was a very quick season. Of course, uh, playoffs right right uh, start here on Tuesday. So look forward to that come here. But uh, we are here to talk about tonight's main slate. Uh, by the way, a little note on the main slate, particularly on DraftKings, that you've got 10 games on the DraftKings main slate, and you've got game one of the Padres and the Giants. Is that correct? Yeah, Padres and the Giants, game one. So that is something we'll talk about. But obviously, that's a game that's not a part of the slate on Yahoo, which is a sponsor of this show, also on FanDuel. But uh, let's talk about some of the notable stat lines from last night, uh, Greg. First off, I got to mention three stacks. If you went to, they treated you really well. Uh, stacks of Astros, Tigers, or Royals. If you went Springer, Altuve, Brantley, Bregman for the Astros, 11 hits, two home runs, nine RBIs, seven hits. A Tiger stack of Reyes, Castro, Cabrera, eight hits, two home runs, six RBIs, six runs scored. And a Royal stack of Montesi, Perez, and Franco, eight hits, two home runs, seven RBIs, and four runs scored. Tigers this year is they've been one of the pitching, and they've been one of the worst offenses in baseball against right-handed pitching. And it's always this weird thing where I've never known what to do with that information. I mean, I just stacked them against left-handed pitching anyway, because they're so cheap that you could always play them with whatever pitchers you want. But I always kind of wondered, like, it, it, was there a little bit of a fluke to that, right? I, I felt that they probably over time would have normalized against both of them, meaning that the actual talent level of their team was probably not quite as good against left-handed pitching, but better against right-handed pitching. And I kept thinking, like, oh, is this going to normalize? Is this going to normalize? And then the season ended, and it, it kind of is what it is. So I, I look at it as, yeah, if, if there's any more slates coming up where the Tigers are cheap and facing a not-so-great left-handed pitcher, they're going to make for a really good stack in that situation. Couple of uh, pitching notes on last night. Uh, Gosman for the Giants, six innings pitched, nine Ks. Montgomery for the Yankees, he goes five and a third, eight Ks. And anything else from last night's uh, MLB DFS that stuck out to you? Uh, no, but just a note on Kevin Gausman. He wasn't on the main slate yesterday. He was only on the, I think it's called the short slate on DraftKings, where they just do the one pitcher and you pick a few hitters. So Kevin Gausman this year on main slates has never been priced higher than 6,800. That was his highest price point of the season. And he scored, I think it's at least 18 DraftKings points in every single start that he's been unlimited for. So Kevin Gaussman ends up being one of the top value pitchers of the entire season. Yeah, so, uh, but of course, uh, something we got to know before we get into tonight's main slate is 
potential buyer beware on pitching tonight because of, in particular, looking at teams that are in the playoffs on the early bird podcast, me and Terry, we talked about Clayton Kershaw, but I know there's also another pitcher that's kind of on your radar in terms of how many innings could he get? Because it's a pitcher that me and Terry were kind of like, you know what? He might be someone to target. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, it's almost all of the pitchers tonight. Because uh, if you look at the standings, a lot of them are – a lot of teams are locked into the playoff spot. So, uh, Denilson Lamed is who I'm pretty sure you're referring to. He has a favorable matchup against the Giants. But the issue is the Padres are locked into the four seed in in, in the National League. And Lamed's going to be the pitcher that they're going to want to open the playoffs with. So, we look at some of the injuries that the Padres have had recently. Uh, Mike Levenger, in particular, where he's dealing with an elbow injury and he's iffy for the playoffs now. I wonder after we saw that, if they're going to say, hey, this game doesn't really mean that much to us. We just want to get Lamette 60 to 70 pitches, and then we're going to take him out after four or five innings or so, just because we want to get him some work. We don't want to risk injury. Now, with that said, I'm really hopeful that we're going to get some beat reporters, maybe some quotes from managers before the game, where we'll know ahead of time that, hey, this guy's only going to throw 70 pitches. This guy's only going to throw four innings. And I think that we could have a situation where we head into lock, and there's just going to be a really narrow uh, pool of pitchers to actually choose from. And I think that we're going to end up having to roster a lot of our players just by process of elimination. Looking at the playoff schedule in terms of uh, the NL wildcard series, which the four five game game one would be Wednesday. Yeah. So uh, let's see. So Friday. Yeah. So I don't think they'd want to give, I, I don't think they'd want to give them at like a hundred, hundred plus pitches in this spot. Uh, so that's my gut feeling anyway. I could be wrong. We don't have any information on that. I'm just kind of reading the tea leaves and saying this is how I think the situation is going to play out. Yeah, just a note, uh, if, you're, if you're looking ahead, looking at who could be you know, pitching on Tuesday, only the AL wildcard games will start on Tuesday. The NL doesn't start till Wednesday. So that's something to kind of, as you think about in terms of, of your DFS lineups today of, you know, looking at, at some of these pitchers, but let's say I get kicked off by talking about uh, the first game of the night on the main slate. That will be the Marlins and the Yankees. Sandy Alcantara going to be on the hill for the Marlins. J.A. Happ on the hill for the Yankees. Break, one, break this one down for us. Yeah, it, it's uh, pretty interesting because Hap was really, really terrible to start the season, and he's kind of been somewhat decent lately. He's been scoring, you know, 22, 15, 21 DraftKings uh, points in recent starts. The Marlins not nearly as bad of an offense as we expected coming into the season. I mean, we're actually looking at a potential playoff team there against left-handed pitching. The Marlins a 114 WRC plus, so 8600 for Hap. I think he's okay, but not necessarily a priority for me because it's not nearly as easy even as a matchup as I assume the public's going to think while looking at it. I uh, do definitely want to target the Yankees going up against Sandy Alcantara. He's pitched okay this year. He's a 3.12 ERA. If you look at his peripheral numbers, and there's reason to think that he should have a little bit of regression. Uh, I guess regression may be not really the right word for regression going forward because, like I said, the season's almost over, but he's, he's outperformed his peripheral stats by a decent amount. He is a 258 BABIP. Uh, that stands to go up. He's not striking out many hitters this year, 7.79. He's walking a decent amount, 3.38 hitters per nine innings. So I think that Alcantara is a decent guy to target against, uh, all depending on who actually ends up in the Yankees lineup. Yankees have seen a lot from them. We're going to play him a day off. So just pay attention to the Yankees lineup and make sure that they have all the regulars in. Uh, if they do, the one guy who looks 
uh, a couple guys who look too cheap. We got Giancarlo Stan, 4,800 on DraftKings. He should be over 5,000 more often than not. Uh, Gleyber Torres, 4,300. Aaron Hicks, 3,900. Those are guys who look like the best values to me. Yeah, when I did a, a dummy crunch uh, before the show on, on DraftKings, was getting a lot of Yankees. Uh, but you you mean you bring up a great point of, you know, how many guys are, are going to be in the lineup. And obviously with the Yankees, it's obviously comes down to the salary roster construction. Um, as you, as you think about Hap, I mean, is he, is he an, you know, an SP two option for you on DK and kind of, you know, in terms of, you know, you know, the one pitcher slate in FanDuel, not really an option for you. Yeah, I'm not really that interested in Hap. If he was cheaper, I would be. But, I mean, the thing is, is that we've talked about there are a few offenses that are fairly expensive that are projected to score a lot of runs today. And I, I don't really want to pay up 8600 for Hap. And what's a much more difficult matchup than what it appears to be. Like I was saying before, the Marlins have been good against left-hand pitching. They have a 114 WRC+. plus. That's eighth overall in the league against lefties. So I, I look at Jay Hap, who's been better lately but it's kind of had an up and down season and and i just think that he's not necessarily the the best target. there's also a lot of high-end uh, pitchers that are worth rostering on the slate that i put above him uh the question really just becomes uh you know how many of these guys are going to be limited is half himself going to be limited and and that's where i'm really going to make my my decisions is if, if if it's a spot where there's so many pitchers limited that it's half or you know only a few other guys to choose from then if the player pool really gets shortened in that way to where there's a ton of guys on pitcher restrictions that'll be okay with rostering them but given all the options we have now if there's no issues with any of them then i wouldn't be on half yeah half the sixth highest price pitcher on dk tonight a 600 he's 7700 on fanduel 38 dollars on yahoo alcantara on the other side 6800 on dk 8100 on fanduel 35 dollars on yahoo uh, can't see uh, that ownership being anything of note uh, over on FanDuel at 8,100 going up uh, against this Yankees lineup. In terms of the Marlins bats here, um, what, what sticks out to you? Yeah, you know, I actually do think we can make some contrarian Marlins sacks. Like I said, they have been pretty good against uh, left-handed pitching. I'm going to assume that they're going to have almost no ownership uh, just because of Hap's pretty expensive. I think there's still a lot of bias against the Marlins, and they have a really low implied team total, which I don't think should be the case. Uh, some guys individually that I think make for good for decent plays. Uh, Starling Marte is decent. Uh, Jesus Aguilar, 3,100. He's the guy that stands out the most to me. Uh, Brian Anderson, 3,900. He's hit lefties well for years. Uh, Aguilar is the number one guy that stands out the most, though, because he's had – I mean, he was an all-star two years ago, and then he really sucked last year. Uh, but, yeah, he was, he, was good. he was good again this season. Uh, you know, we'll move on uh, to our next game, which is going to be Pittsburgh and Cleveland. But we do want to let you know that over right now today at awesome.com, our free MLB premium content is MLB ownership projections. Of course, that is a tool that we use every day in terms of, you know, deciding who we're going to put in our lineup. So uh, that is the free MLB uh, premium content at awesome.com. So I also will note uh, NFL projections is also free premium content today over at awesome.com next up we got pittsburgh and cleveland on the hill uh for the pirates will be mitch kelleher who's one and one the year 13k taking on carlos carrasco who is three and four with 74 strikeouts uh should note that he does have 35 strikeouts in his last 32 innings pitch something to note there on Carlos carrasco second highest price pitcher on, on the slate here tonight, 10400 on DK, 10800 on FanDuel. Uh, he is $47 on Yahoo, which makes him the third highest price pitcher on Yahoo. 
And there's a couple of reasons. Number one, this game matters to the Indians. They're still jockeying for playoff position. And like you said, Carrasco's also pitched well this year. He's pitched really well lately. The strikeouts there, he's striking out almost 11 hitters per nine innings. This is the fourth year in a row that he's had over 10 strikeouts per nine innings, uh, 2.90 ERA, 3.52 FIP, and just a really favorable matchup against the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pirates, a 61 WRC plus against right-hand pitching. I don't even know how it's possible for a team to have a worse WRC plus than the Rangers because <laughs> the, the Rangers, the Rangers scored more than five runs like six times all season, but somehow the Pirates have been worse against righty. 61 WRC plus, 25.2% strikeout rate against against uh, right-handed pitching for the Pirates. So we just consider that Carlos Carrasco, he's pitched well this year. He has an easy matchup, and this is a game that actually matters. So we don't really have to be concerned about the pitch count. So we have to be about some of the other higher end starting pitchers. So everything lines up for Carlos Carrasco to be one of the safer plays with a lot of upside today. Uh, in terms of uh, the Cleveland bats, uh, you, know, you know, obviously everyone always looks at the top of that order with, with the infielders and, you know, Santana can get the home run and, and some other ones. So what, what's your take on the bat side for the Indians? Yeah, I think we could look at some of the the lefties in the lineup or switch hitters because that's most of the most of the top of the lineup is switch hitters. Uh, Jose Ramirez is probably running away with the AL MVP at this point, which is interesting. I mean, because two weeks ago, three weeks ago, he wasn't even really in the discussion, and then all of a sudden he hits like seven homers in nine games or something like that, and all of a sudden he's leading all of baseball and wins above replacement. Looks like he's running away with the MVP award. He's also pushed the Indians into the playoff into the playoffs, which didn't look like that was going to be the case for a little bit. So yeah, I think that Jose Ramirez is a fine pay up option at 5,600 overall as a stack. They're not really my favorite team for what their prices are. They don't have all that much of a high implied run total. Mitch Keller is a really highly regarded prospect. He has really good stuff. It hasn't really panned out for him at this point, but I, I do think that this match the other high end offenses have tonight. Yeah, and by the way, we should know we have two uh, Kellers on the slate here tonight. Mitch going for it. The Pirates will talk about the other Kelleher later on in the show. Uh, mentioning about uh, the price point on, on on Kelleher here for the Pirates, uh, 300 on FanDuel, $32 on a Yahoo. Uh, you know, let, let's say you've got, uh, you got you got one spot open. You, got, you just need a one-off. Is there any Pirates bat that would – stick out to you that you would consider? No, I don't think there's a need. It's going to slate this big. Uh, I, I look for leverage on spots like that where we're looking at, you know, four, five, six game slates. You need to dig that deep for a, for a value bat. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, Pirates are definitely a team we, we never really look to. By the way, Cleveland minus 275 on the money line. If you do want to check out the odds on tonight's game, go to awesome.com right there at the top of the screen. You'll see Odd Shopper. Click on that, and you can shop the odds for what you're looking to play tonight at various sports books. So be sure to check that out over at awesome.com. Of course, this is the MLB Strategy Show. We are sponsored by Yahoo, Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. They are the most trusted name in fantasy sports. They now include CS3 Upload Edit when you're looking to play those multiple lines. Make better choice. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy. We mentioned uh, about the Giants and the Padres game at Oracle and where it is uh, game one. And it is on the main slate for DraftKings. Uh, Lament is going to be on the hill 
for the Padres. For the Giants, uh, we're expecting that Anderson is going to be on the hill in this one. Not been officially announced as I, as I look on, on my MLB app. Uh, Anderson is 6,600 on DK. Uh, Lament 9,700. Uh, neither pitcher is available on Yahoo or on FanDuel. Yeah, kind of interesting that uh, that they opted to to add this game to the main slate, mostly because there are so many games there. We have 18 games of baseball being played today, and most of the doubleheaders aren't on it, but for some reason they decided to include this one. I don't know why include this one and not include the other 10 doubleheader spots that are on the slate. Uh, so something we were talking about beforehand with Denilson Lamette is if he is unrestricted and he's allowed to throw his full uh, full workload, there's a pretty good chance that he gets the, the complete game bonus in this one because with the game only being a seven-inning doubleheader, we've seen this a few times this season. I think notably there was one with Trevor Bauer, I want to say, like three weeks ago or something like that, where, where he was a chalk play and ended up getting the complete game bonus because you make it through seven innings, you get the complete game. And that adds a little bit more floor to I mean, a little bit more ceiling to the starting pitchers in these spots. Uh, we just need to be on the lookout for is Lamette going to have any sort of pitch restrictions because uh, like we said before, the Padres already locked into the playoff spot. They start the wild card game on Wednesday and Lamette figures to pitch on uh, the first game of their series. So for that reason, I think there is a little bit of risk that we get uh, limited innings from, uh, from Lamette, except I also think that there's a pretty good chance that we'll know ahead of time if that's the case. I think the team will announce so there'll be some beat reporter that puts something out about it. Uh, as for the hitters, I generally don't really like to target hitters in seven inning games. The, the issue is just that it gets, you know, one less plate appearance. And think of it as if it's a basketball game, everybody's playing five less minutes or something like that. It just hurts the projections for everybody across the board. Uh, so for that reason, I, I'm not on offenses or stacks in the in the abbreviated games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he, he. We talked about this last time, me and Terry. I mean, you're going to lose a minimum one plate appearance. So to me, I think that, you know, and, and we, we were looking at the prices on these Padres bats. There's no discount at all. So you're paying full price for them. So to me, I just think it, it's a game that you, that you don't look at. But I, I think that you do. I mean, if if, if there is no pitch restrictions on Lamette, like, man, I, I, I see myself putting him in, in some lines. Oh, yeah, 100%. If he, is, if he is no sort of issues like that, because – uh, not only is it a decent matchup against the Giants, uh, but Lamette's been terrific this year. And it's not like he's all that expensive. 9,700 is, I think, too cheap for a pitcher who's as good as Lamette. He's, you know, top 10-ish or so in the NL Cy Young voting. If I had to make a list of everybody. He's had a really good year, really fantasy-friendly game also, ton of strikeouts. So, yeah, I totally agree. If, if Lamette is unrestricted, then he's somebody we're going to want to target. Uh, the matchup against the Giants, San Francisco, actually the decent against lefties with a 111 WRC plus. Uh, but but even so, with that said, I, I think that Lamette would be uh, a good target, even though the Giants actually have been a better offense than I realized until just this second. <laughs> now, in terms of a, a stack that I am looking at, I'm looking at this Red Sox and Braves game. Uh, when I was doing some dummy stacks, a lot of Braves coming up, uh, whether it was three-man stacks, four-man stacks, they were something that was coming up a, a lot for me. And uh, we look at the, the the pitching matchup with this one. You got Kyle Wright uh, on the hill for the Braves, Chris Mazza on the hill for the Red Sox. Like, if you wanted to do a game stack, I, I can get down with that in this one. Yeah, 100%. Both these pitchers, I agree with you. This is a terrific game to stack. Uh, neither one of these pitchers are good. They issue a ton of walks. There's going to be a lot of guys on base. This could definitely be a game that has has one of those football scores at the end of it. 
Yeah, when I was uh, just putting some tummy stacks together, I can tell you the top stack that came up, it was Braves and Yankees. Those were the, the, the majority of the players in that lineup. Obviously, with this Braves, it, it does come to, to from the salary aspect. Like, um, you know, to me, it, this game's all about hitting. This is, you know, don't even worry about the pitching of this one. This is, and, and I think the question is, is, is how much of a potentially of a Red Sox stack do you get to here? Do you, you know, you mentioned about the implied run total of, you know, or not, you know, should be a little higher than what it is. But to me, this is, this is a game and you know, obviously it's going to come down to ownership of, of where ownership is going to stick out on, on both of these teams, but it's definitely a game that I, I've got an asterisk next to of like, Hey, let's pay attention to it. Yeah, actually, I'm going to bring up, I don't know if, if we have ownership yet, but uh, when we looked before the show, it wasn't up yet on the site. I will say this, for the prices, I think that the Red Sox make for a better stack than the Braves because the Braves are ridiculously expensive. That doesn't mean I don't like them, mm-hmm. but it, it's kind of hard to get to them, especially considering some of the pitchers I like, like Carlos Carrasco, Denison Lamet, some of those other high-end pitchers. Uh, but look at the price on the Red Sox. Alex Verdugo is having a great season. He was what the Red Sox got in return for Mookie Betts. He's only 3900 J.D. Martinez is 4300 he struggled a little bit earlier in the year, but he's been hitting the ball much better over the last week. Uh, Jackie Bradley, 3,400. Uh, Bobby uh, Dahlback, 3,900. There's a lot of reasonable pricing on the Red Sox, what I view is a really strong matchup. Yeah, ownership projections, are our first one of the day is in. And uh, Freddie Freeman is, has the most ownership in this game right as, as we sit here right now. Obviously, that's going to change as we go out through, throughout the day. And, and obviously, that those ownerships are going to change once we start kind of getting some information in terms of the pitching and, and who's going to be in, who's going to be out. But, yeah, I think this is definitely a game uh, that, that you have to look up. Next up, we'll talk about the Tigers and the Royals. The Royals minus 165. On the money line, Brad Calher will be on the hill for for the Royals. Spencer Turnbull will be on the hill for the Tigers. And uh, Terry kind of mentioned about, uh, you know, when you're looking maybe for a, a lower SP2 option, that Brad Calher was someone he was looking at. Yeah, no, I think that totally makes sense. The, the one concern you have here is just lack of strikeouts. He's only striking out 5.55 hitters per nine innings, but it's such a favorable matchup against the Tigers. Like I was saying uh, when we were recapping the Tigers from yesterday, They've been really good against left-handed pitching this year. They have not been good against right-handed pitching. So Tigers, one of the best offenses in the league against lefties, but against righties, uh, they have an 80 WRC plus, a 28% strikeout rate. So they strike out more against right-handed pitching than any team in the league. So this is kind of a weird case of the stoppable force versus the movable object because, you know, Keller doesn't strike anybody out. The Tigers strike strike out constantly against right-handed pitching. So something has to give. Is Keller going to continue to give up contact? or the Tigers going to swing and miss like they did against every other right-handed pitcher this year. It probably lies somewhere in between. Uh, Keller, like I said, 5.55 strikeouts per nine innings. I would expect that he could strike out maybe close to a hitter per inning against the Tigers. And since there aren't a whole lot of cheap pitching options that I really like on this slate, I think that Keller makes sense. He also has a 2.77 ERA this year. So if nothing else, I think that he's fairly safe for his price point. Uh, mentioned uh, right at the beginning of the show how the, the Royals uh, came through as a stack last night. What's your take on the Royals as a stack tonight? Yeah, so the one issue I have with the Royals is that their core hitters have gotten to be pretty expensive. Uh, we've got Whit Merrifield, 5,100, Alberto Mondesi, 4,800, Salvador Perez is 5,000. And that's also where the core of, of their production comes from. They have guys at the bottom of the lineup that are just kind of there, right? There, there isn't that much upside in guys like Alex Gordon, uh, Nicky Lopez, 
these guys haven't had very many big games. Uh, uh, Frenchy Cordero did have two home runs a couple of days ago, except he got hurt last night. He left the game early, so I don't know if he's going to be in the lineup. Uh, the one guy that stands out the most is Jorge Soler, ton of power upside. He's only 2,700, and usually that's cleanup. Uh, he didn't start for the Royals yesterday, except he did end up entering the game as a pinch hitter. So I assume that he's going to be good to play today. Uh, if we just look at the pricing, that's the guy that stands out the, the most is Jorge Soler, 2,700. Yeah, just to kind of look at this price. I mean, you mentioned about the, just the pricing on, on those KC bats. I mean, they're the top one, two, the top four bats in this game. Uh, actually, no, top five bats. Yeah, top five bats in this game because with, with CJ Crone on, on the IL. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, definitely uh, this is a game I think you have to look at. And, and maybe, you know, if Calher can get the strikeouts, you mentioned about the concern there with, with the lack of the strikeout number. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, next up, we have got the Astros and the Rangers down in Arlington, Jose Urquida on the hill for the Astros, Kyle Cody on the hill for the Rangers. Obviously, in terms of pitching, there's only one side of the pitching to, to really discuss about because, uh, yeah, I can't see you uh, considering Kyle Cody. Yeah, I mean, we, we talk about lack of strikeouts this year. Jose Urquidy, 4.76 strikeouts per nine innings. Oddly, it still has a 2.780 array way outperforming his peripherals, 2.780 ERA, but a 4.33 FIP, a 5.73 XFIP. So here's the reason why his ERA is so low. He has a 200 BABIP. That's not sustainable. He has a 79.2% left on base percentage. That's not sustainable. But then at the same, at the same time, the Texas Rangers don't hit anybody. The Texas Rangers have such a bad offense. It's ridiculous. This might be the worst offense in, in the history of baseball. They have they're averaging the least runs per game of any team in the league. They have a 63 WRC plus against right-handed pitching. Uh, they also have a 66 WRC plus against left-handed pitching. It just doesn't matter who's on the mound. The Rangers don't hit them. They don't put runs up on the board. I, I am a little concerned about the lack of strikeout upside from Jose Arquiti, but with that said, um, uh, who's, oh, Christian Javier started last night. He's a guy who hasn't struck out a lot of hitters so far this season, but he was able to strike out a, hit, uh, a batter per inning against the Rangers last year. So I look at the price of Arquiti at 7,100. I don't necessarily think that he's the best play in the world, uh, but I'm kind of just willing to roster any pitcher against the Rangers at this point in the season. So for that reason, I think he's viable. We've got a cheap pitcher going against the Rangers, and I, I'm not sure they could hit me at this point. It, it just whoever, whoever it is that's hitting for the Rangers, they're going to ground out, they're going to pop up, and they're going to strike out. Those are really the three outcomes. If they're lucky, they'll put two or three runs on the board. Now, looking at the Astros bats uh, in this game, you've from Kyle Tucker up 4,400 and up on DK. So you got Tucker, Correa, Altuve, Regman, and Springer, all uh, all their options. Uh, what, what's your take on the Astros as a stack tonight? Yeah, it's a pretty good spot for them. Uh, they've got a good matchup against Kyle Cody. The other thing, too, is Astros getting healthy at the right time of the year. I kind of think this is a sneaky team heading into the playoffs. They had a big night yesterday maybe that'll influence ownership a little bit although there's been i mean i've mentioned this a few times during the season there's been very few slates this year where the astros have been chalk people just don't really like to roster houston and the pricing outside of george springer it's pretty reasonable we've got jose altuve 4700 that's much cheaper than he's usually been michael brantley at 4000 he's been a good value play for a while now because that's too cheap of a price for brantley uh yuli guriel 3700 bregman 4700 there's been maybe I don't know, 12 slates over the last two years that Alex Bregman's been priced below 5,000. So that's too cheap of a price for him. I think for, for the salaries, this is a, a really strong team to target. 
Yeah, definitely got to look at uh, them over there. Uh, next up, we have got the Reds and the Twins. Uh, the Twins minus 162 in this spot. Jose Barrios going to be on the hill for the Twins uh, over on DK. He's 9200 also 9200 on FanDuel, $42 on Yahoo. What's your, what's your thoughts about Barrios here? Um, you know, obviously he's he's right underneath all the, the top, you know, four pitchers of the night. Um, you know, can you see yourself, you know, you know, maybe try to go to him if he, the ownership is correct? No, uh, Barrios is kind of weird because he's a pitcher that I very rarely roster, but I very rarely stack against either. He's he's good enough mm-hmm. to where he limits damage, but he's not good enough that I feel he usually warrants his price tag because he's, he's always expensive. There's never a slate where we have Barrios is like 7,800 or 7,400. He's never in that range. He's always... He's always in the same tier as elite pitchers, but he's not quite as good of a fantasy option. So I just always find myself in these spots where I never have exposure to Brios. I never have exposure to hitters going against them. And that's how I feel again tonight. There are pitchers above them that I much strongly prefer to Brios. If I want to save money, I'm going to go a lot cheaper than Brios. At the same time, I don't really want to roster the Reds bats either. In terms of uh, the Reds pitching in this one with, with Tyler on the hill for them, 8300 on DK, $8,500 on FanDuel, and $38 on Yahoo. Yeah, Tyler Molly's been pretty solid so far this year. He's a he's a very high strikeout pitcher. So there, there are a bunch of times where maybe like two, three times a year, all of a sudden Tyler Molly's like, whoa, Tyler Molly scored uh, 30 DraftKings points at 2% ownership. But then outside of that, He's generally just kind of okay. And this is a really tough matchup against the Twins. Uh, the Twins also getting healthy down the stretch run of the season. Uh, Nelson Cruz has still been out for them, but Josh Donaldson's back. And also with the Twins pushing for a playoff spot, they've been playing pretty well over the last couple of weeks. If Tyler Molly was cheaper, I would consider him, but at 8200 a little bit too expensive for me as an SP2. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you know, as I look at some of those SP2 options, I, I have a feeling we're going to talk about a certain low price pitcher that I think we talk about about every Friday here on the strategy show. I have a feeling we're going we're, we're gonna to talk about him as potentially uh, an SP2 option if you're on, on DK. Um, it'll be interesting kind of on, it'll be interesting to see where FanDuel ownership kind of ends up at with the one pitcher slate of, you know, is there someone like, you know, do people try to transition to a, to a Barrios or, um, you know, maybe someone a little under that to try to get away from the ownership of the top guys uh, on, on this slate, uh, something to pay attention to in terms of that, of course. Uh, do got to mention our free premium content, MLB content over at awesome.com today is our MLB ownership projection. So that's something you definitely got to check out there as you're building your lineups throughout the day. As uh, you know, one of the things we've mentioned here is we're going to be definitely paying attention to what do the managers say about whether or not a pitcher could be limited tonight. That is something that you do have to consider as we do go on, as we t- think about maybe could you know, a guy like Hugh Darvish be limited tonight going for the Cubs up against the White Sox. Dylan Cease will be on the hill for the White Sox. Darvish, the highest price pitcher on the slate, 10800 on DraftKings, 11200 on FanDuel, and $56 over on Yahoo. You can see right now on the screen, Jordan's popping up uh, our ownership projections that are free today over at Osmo.com. Yeah, so the Cubs currently the three seed in the in the National League. Uh, they do have an outside chance to move up to the two seed and pass the Braves, but not all that likely. I, I think that we're probably going to see the Cubs be a little cautious with Darvish. That's not to say that he won't throw six innings or something like that. I just don't see this being a start where we get the you know hundred to one hundred ten pitches from Darvish. I think that you know five or six innings 
hold him to 90 or so pitches in and he comes out, which is still fine because Darvish has been ridiculously good this year. Uh, but it is also a tough matchup against the White Sox. The White Sox against uh, right-handed pitching have a uh, where are they? 107 WRC+. plus. Uh, they do strike out a decent amount against righties, so that's a little bit of a benefit. So I, I think that Darvish is definitely in play. Um, if we're looking at just high-end pitchers, though, I prefer Carlos Carrasco to him. If Denilson Lamette is unrestricted, I, I prefer Lamette today. Uh, so you, Darvish, not necessarily the priority for me at the high end. No interest in the White Sox bats either. Uh, and then also, like you said, just, just pay attention to, is this going to be a spot where the Cubs do opt to limit you, Darvish? I don't think it's going to be the case, but it could be. Yeah. Uh, in terms of uh, the bats in this one, what, uh, what intrigues you? Uh, so we have my um, thing closed here. Um, uh, Dylan Cease so on just, the mound for the White Sox. So he, here's the deal with Cease. He's, he's one of the top pitching prospects in baseball, one of the top, young arms, but it hasn't really translated to success at this point. He has really good stuff. And you watch him pitch, you see his fastball, like a touch up to hundred miles per hour. And you just assume like, Oh, this guy must strike out a ton of hitters. And it's just not the case. Uh, we've seen that with a, a handful of, of young pitchers lately. Like you watch Dustin May pitch for the Dodgers and you watch his stuff. And you just go, Oh, there, he must be unhittable. There must be no way that people make contact against him, but then they just, they just do. So Dylan Cease he's only striking out 6.54 hitters per inning this year. He walks 5.37. And I always feel like he's a little bit overpriced. I feel like the, he's uh, not necessarily priced properly either by, by sports books. Like, I don't think there's a good reason for the Cubs to only have a 4.6 uh, implied run total against Dylan Cease. Cause the Cubs are one of the top offenses and Cease as good of a prospect as he is. He has a 5.92 fifth this year he's walking as many hitters as he strikes out. So I think that the Cubs are a good team to target tonight that could go a little bit overlooked. Uh, now that we have the ownership, I'll bring up what the, I mean, they're still projected for 9% ownership. So it's not like they have none, but I still think it's probably too low for them in this spot. Yeah. I mean, you look at their prices in terms of bats on DK, you know, Baez 4,700, um, half 4,200, Rizzo 43. It's, it's not, it's not an expensive, lineup and i think part of the two is i mean we see dylan cease at 8200 i think the pricing algorithm algorithm is just kind of looking at dylan cease and be like oh he's a good pitcher which has kind of been the case all year with how he's been priced we always see dylan cease priced in the you know low to mid eight thousand range and he's just not quite that good yet yeah it, it's you know it'd be interesting to kind of see where the white Sox stack ownership comes in i mean because obviously a they're going up against darvish and b they're expensive yeah it's weird the the White Sox are way more expensive than the Cubs today. I mean, the Cubs' most expensive hitter is Baez at 4,700. Everybody else is 4,300 or below. And then you look at the White Sox. I mean, we've got Tim Anderson, 5,100. Jose Abreu, 5,200. These are massive price tags for going up against you. Darvish has been one of the best pitchers in baseball this year. So it's hard to make much sense of that. Yeah, that, that's where I, I look at these prices and I'm like, you know, White Sox likely are not going to have much ownership. So if you want to be contrarian, it probably is a contrarian play there, but man, you're going to pay up a lot. And you know yeah. how that, you know, like, and, and once again, comes down to how do you, you construct your roster, by the way, if you do have any questions, uh, hit those over uh, in YouTube or also on our premium Slack account. Um, Joshua says, uh, uh, he goes, I'm going to play lines with socks on, but only for potential leverage. Uh, definitely not. 
uh, lock him in or nothing, probably like 10 out of 150. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, nothing wrong with, you know, uh, you know, 10 and, and 150. Yeah, I'm good with that. Uh, yeah, that's that's fine. I mean, it's I think it's worth getting exposure to, but it's not it's not, you know, a massive investment or anything like that. I mean, the, the other thing, too, is so if you're playing 150 lineups, I think you generally, at least for me, I, I'll get at least one percent exposure to all the offenses. Even even if it's a team that's overpriced or in a bad spot, uh, there's there's rarely a team that I go zero percent of. Sometimes the fantasy cruncher won't necessarily spit out lineups of every single team, but I try to get at least one stack of everybody. Yeah, you got you, you got to you got to play with those advanced settings to kind of get to where you want it to be. Of course, uh, if you do want to get access to all of our premium MLB content, you got to sign up for an Osmo Plus MLB Weekly Pass for fifteen ninety five. This includes access to our player projections, ownership projections, the top pitchers tool, the top stack, stack tool, and so much more. Sign up for a pass today. Just go to Osmo.com right there on the top left-hand side. Click the Osmo Plus tab, and that'll take you to where you can sign up for an Osmo Plus MLB Weekly Pass. Also, we got some other great deals we'll tell you about uh, in terms of NFL here coming up here just shortly as we got two more games to get through we got the angels and the dodgers and this is one of those games that i feel like has got to be a little bit of a, a buyer beware here with clayton kershaw of, of how long could he go you know will it be a typical clayton kershaw start he is ten thousand on dk 9700 on fanduel 51 dollars on yahoo andrew haney will be on the hill for the angels he's 8400 on dk 8700 on fanduel and 36 dollars on yahoo yeah, I agree with you. I think that Clayton Kershaw is one of the pitchers at most risk of throwing limited innings. I mean, we saw that last night. Walker Bueller threw, I think it was four innings and like 70 pitches or something like that. And as is, it's not like Clayton Kershaw is working very deep into games this year. Actually, I don't think he's thrown over 100 pitches all season. I think there were 86 pitches his last start. That's kind of where he's generally been is uh, mid-80s to low-90s on his pitch count. So I think it's pretty unlikely we see him work deep into tonight's game. The the Dodgers are the yeah the Dodgers are locked into the top overall seed in the National League. Uh, I think this is just they're going to get Kershaw some work. I, I think he probably throws four or five innings. So I, I'm not going to have interest in Clayton Kershaw tonight. I just think it's too risky given how the Dodgers have managed the workload of the pitchers all season. All right, the Dodger bats they're not they're not cheap at all. Mookie uh, six thousand. Seager, 56, Bellinger, uh, 55, Muncie, 51, uh, Smith, 49, Turner, 49. I mean, they're, they're not cheap here, but, uh, is there, is there maybe a a mini, like maybe a a two man, you know, stack here you're looking at? No, I don't really like them. Cause the thing is, I mean, we've already pointed out like four or five spots that are really, really good spots for the hitters. And not only are the Dodgers really expensive, Andrew Heaney's pretty decent. So I think that this is a spot where we probably want to look elsewhere for bats. Uh, there's always upside in the Dodgers, but I don't think this is a spot to really go to them. Yeah, in terms of the Angels here, um, obviously we'll, we'll kind of see you know what how the Dodgers are going to roll out pitching tonight. You know it, whether it's a, a a typical start for Kershaw or if not. But uh, let, let's just say for let's say they only say you know Kershaw is going to go three or four innings. Is there a, an Angels bat you like? So here's the issue is even if Kershaw is only going to throw limited innings, the Dodgers have one of the, if not the best bullpens in baseball. So it's not like you're going to get easy matchups after Kershaw comes out of the game. And, and that's also, I think that no matter who's on the mound for the Dodgers, it's going to be a negative matchup for the angels. The angels have a 3.18 implied run total tonight. That's one of the lowest on the slate. There's only a couple teams 
that that are lower than them. So I, I, I don't I don't have interest in the Angels because even if we have that situation where Kershaw is limited, th- there's going to be good pitchers coming in behind him. Of course, uh, if you ever do uh, miss our shows live, it is available on demand as part of the Awesome Podcast Network. You can just go to awesome.com. You can get the links to everywhere where you prefer to listen to your podcast as we get those shows up there after we get done here. Of course, uh, we are here uh, for the next couple of minutes. And coming up at 11 o'clock, it'll be the NFL Strategy Show with Josh and Alex. We've got a, a ton of content coming up throughout the day. Fantasy football, on the contrary, the betting show, MLB live before lock and also NBA live before lock. So keep it locked here to Osmo all day long. Then our uh, final game of the night is Seattle and Oakland. And uh, when we're talking about SP two options. It, it seems like every week we're talking uh, you say Kikuchi, who is 6,400 on DK 7,200 on FanDuel $28 on Yahoo on the mound for the A's will be Bassett, who is 7,900 on DK 8,600 on FanDuel and $40 on Yahoo. You know, it's fine. I actually think both the pitchers are, are viable here. Uh, I'll start with Chris Bassett. Uh, pitch, he's pitched pretty solidly this year. He's a 2.57 ERA, uh, not massive amount of strikeouts, about eight per nine innings. Uh, but overall, he's he's a quality starting pitcher and also in a pretty easy matchup against the Mariners. So Bassett at home against Seattle, I think that he's viable as an SP2 at his price tag. As for Yusei Kikuchi, it's been a weird season for him because I have been on him a lot and the numbers all indicate that he should be pitching really well this year. And it's just not been the case. He has a uh, 5.93 ERA. He had a 5.46 ERA last year and he has been so significantly better this season, even though his ERA is a half run higher. He changed his pitching mechanics in the off season. His velocity is way up across the board. No pitcher in baseball seen more of a velocity uptick than Kikuchi. Uh, we look at his numbers, uh, 9.22 strikeouts per nine innings. So he's striking out about 50% more hitters this year than he did last year. The only thing that's killing him, and it's the reason that he is a 5.93 RA compared to a 3.33 FIP, is he's just getting crushed by sequencing, a 54.2% left on base percentage. So basically what's happening is if he's letting somebody get on base, they're scoring about half the time. And that's just really unlucky because generally we see guys with a left on base strand rate somewhere in the mid-70s range. And it, it's just been a case of it's not that there's anything Kikuchi's doing wrong. It's just he's getting unlucky with sequencing and when guys are getting hits against him, as opposed to get uh, uh, as opposed to hits kind of coming sporadically. For whatever reason, he's just having one or two innings every start where just everybody's lining up the hits at once, and then he's having a bunch of clean innings outside of that. But so I look at the price tag for Kikuchi at 6,400, his strikeout upside, and I think he's definitely worth rostering. Yeah, it's uh he. The the price point on DK makes it really intriguing at sixty four hundred. Yeah, for sure. That, that's what it's about. Um, I, I I do I do look at the ERA and maybe it's you know a little concerning, but I always look at the underlying numbers more than I just look at the ERA itself. And given not just the price, but how well he's pitched, if you look under the numbers and the strikeout upside, um, I'm willing to go after him. The other thing too is you know maybe maybe the A's end up resting guys tonight because they're pretty locked into their playoff spot also. And Kikuchi had a great start against the A's uh, back on August 1st, nine strikeouts. So that's something to to play into here. Uh, in, in terms of uh, the bats in this game, before we get into some listener questions, uh, what, what do you like uh, in terms of hitting in this one? Yeah, not much. Uh, I think that there's better spots to target. And the other thing, too, is because Kikuchi's ERA is a little bit inflated by the bad luck, the, the A's bats are still pretty expensive. Uh, Tommy Lestella is 5,000. Uh, Matt Olson's 4,900. 
we go down the order, there are some cheaper guys, but overall it's, it's not like they're a value offense by any means. There's, there's cheaper offenses that are in better spots than the A's. So I don't really like them. Uh, Mariners offense. I don't really target them all that much and fairly tough matchup against Chris Bassett. So no, no real interest in either of the offenses here. Before we get into your questions, do want to let you know about the NFL Express Pass. For only $3.95, you can purchase an NFL Express Weekly Express Pass, which now includes everything you need for NFL Showdown slash single game contest formats. You get access to Osmo Showdown slash single game player projections, ownership projections, and any top place tool. We purchase this pass in addition to player rankings, lineup builder light, ownership rankings, and the top Stacks Express Tool. Go to awesomeo.com slash join. You can see it right there up on the screen. Jordan's got it up there to sign up for a NFL Express Pass for only $3.95, an NFL Weekly Express Pass. Great deal that we have over there right now at awesomeo.com. Let's get into, uh, as we uh, start to wrap up this edition of the MLB Strategy Show, we get some questions. Uh, Three Run Shot brings up something that Terry even brought up last night a Kelher Kelher combo on DK. <laughs> so I like, uh, I, I like, I like Brad Keller. I, I don't really like Mitch Keller in this spot just because it, it, it's a tough matchup against the Indians. And Keller also is just, he's been too inconsistent for me in his uh, young career. I'll bring up his numbers right now. The other thing too is, I mean, if you do look at the the Indians numbers for the season, they haven't been particularly good against right-handed pitching. But it's changed a lot over the last couple of weeks. They've been a much better offense than we've seen. The other thing too is I just don't think you need that much savings at, at pitcher today. And if you look at, at Keller's numbers, uh, this is Mitch Keller, by the way, because I have to I have to say the first names also because there's more than one of them. <laughs> I agree that Brad Keller is a good a good option. So Mitch does have a 3.24 ERA this year, but he's only pitched a total of 16 innings and four starts. So he, he hasn't been working deep into games. Also, 6.73 FIP, 6.26 X FIP. So his his ERA is much lower than it should be. He's a 132 Babbitt this year. He's walking five and a half hitters per nine innings compared to just seven strikeouts. His his ERA is just a total smokescreen. There's there's nothing realistic about it. It's just that he's only thrown 16 innings this year. And if if he was if he would have thrown more innings, then I think we would have seen much worse results from him. I mean, if we go back to last year, uh, his his first season in the big leagues. He has 7.13, all right? It's actually pretty funny because his peripheral numbers were much better last year than this year, yet his ERA this year is 3.24 and his ERA last year was 7.13. But the point being anyway is that I don't think Keller's particularly good. If we look at the Zips projection for him, which is, the, I think, a good way to judge what the current quality of him is as a pitcher, they they have him projected as a pitcher who should have a 4.95 ERA. I think that's more in line with what I expect from him. I mean, his price is really cheap. I, I just... I, I, there's just a lot of other options I prefer. Uh, we got asked about a potential sneaky pitcher tonight, and that was Tyler Mahaley going for the Reds. Yeah, so I mean, here, here's the deal with Molly. He does have he does have strikeout upside. Uh, if he was cheaper, I could get on board with him, and he has had a, a few really good standout starts this year. It's it's also it's not like he has no ownership tonight. I mean, we have him projected for ten percent ownership, which is about the same chance we have for him to be a top two percent pitcher today. Tough matchup against the against the Twins, and yeah, I, I mean he's okay. I, I wouldn't say if you had Molly in the lineup that you have to take him out or it's a bad play, but I'm not going out of my way to force him in either. There's there's other pitchers I prefer on the slate. I, I'd rather try to find the the salary cap space to go up to a guy like Denilson Lamette or Carlos Carrasco. 
Uh, at 8,300, it's just a little bit more than I want to pay for Molly up against the Twins. Uh, ben mentions about Suarez, who's only 3,400 today. He says doesn't mind him as a one-off. He's coming off a 21-point game uh, on last uh, two night two days ago. Uh, but yeah, that price point for the Reds, uh, that's as a one-off. That's a nice little one-off there for you. Yeah, so I've said I don't I don't really like them as a stack going up against Jose Barrios. But if you're looking for a one-off, I mean Suarez is a is a boomer bust option. If we look at his numbers for the year, he's going to either homer or he's going to like strike out three times and not not reach base. So th- that's what he's been this year. He's been a home runner bust option. Uh, at least he does hit right-handed pitching better now than he did in the past. He used to be a guy who only hit left-handed pitching. He does have power against pitches of either side, uh, but. The, the buyer beware there is if he doesn't hit a home run today, then he's probably going to bust. Uh, Joshua says he, uh, this was in relation to Clayton Kershaw thinks he goes four innings, just like uh, Bueller did last night. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a reasonable expectation. The other thing too is, I mean, look at, look at Kershaw compared to the other option on the slate. We have Carlos Carrasco. We have you Darvish. We have Denilson Lamette. If we were in a situation where Kershaw was the only high end pitcher with a 10,000 plus price tag, then I think you could maybe, make some justification for rostering him, but not with all these other guys that are, that are on the slate. I think, I think that Kershaw is very likely to be limited to four or five innings or so tonight. And I have him pretty far behind Carrasco, Darvish and Lamette. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, you know, will I have probably one lineup with, with Kershaw on it? Probably just in case he, he lines up a bunch of strikes, but it, it'll be very low share for him. He, I, obviously, I really like Carlos Carrasco in this spot tonight, but, you know, obviously, as we mentioned throughout the show, we got to pay attention to what the managers are saying about pitching tonight. You know, maybe we, you know, you kind of you mentioned a point earlier about, you know, some of these pitchers that we've seen get starts and really because there's been no minor league season of how many, you know, will, will we see some some players in the lineup throughout the weekend, not just tonight that are more minor league players, but the teams just want to see, get, see them get some of bats and see what they can do. Yeah, for sure. And actually that, that brings up a, a different angle that I'll bring up about, about betting. If, if you guys like to just bet money lines of games, if you see some terrible lineups thrown out there, a team's a favorite and they have, nine minor leaguers that are on the roster and they're just resting all of the regular guys. Uh, that's a pretty good betting situation to bet against that team. Cause there's going to be a lot of teams in these final few games of the season that are just going to throw out terrible lineups and are probably going to lose those games more often than not. And it's not going to be, it's not going to be baked into the original uh, pricing. Yeah. Something you got to pay attention to here. Uh, we'll leave on, on this, uh, this comment we got on YouTube, no respect for Chris Bassett. I said I like Chris Bassett. Yeah, I know you did, but oh, yeah, I mean, but, but I think it also comes down to is okay. You know, I like him as an SP two option, but I mean, look, I think is pairing say a Carlos Carrasco at ten thousand four hundred with a Yusei Kikuchi at sixty four hundred makes it easier for me to find the stacks I really want. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I have no respect for Chris Bassett. I think he's fine. Uh, Two point five seven ERA this year. Uh, the not a ton of strikeouts, but about eight per nine innings. It's a decent matchup against the against the Mariners. I'm I'm, I'm fine with Chris Bassett. He's going to be in my player pool. Yeah, definitely got to check him out. Of course, uh, live before lock today will be at 6 p.m. each time. I'll be joined by Jeff and Terry. As I mentioned, coming up next, we have got the NFL strategy show. Josh and Alex will be talking about this the Sundays. 
NFL slate. So, of course, be sure to check out everything we got over here at awesomeo.com. Also, right here on the Awesome YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell so you know when we are live on the channel. So, that's going to do it for this edition of the MLB Strategy Show, which is sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. <laughs>